this is Dean Hess, editor of Respiratory Care. We have learned that the journal conferences published in Respiratory Care are some of the most valued content by our readers. In the January and February 2011 issues, we are pleased to publish the papers from the 46th Respiratory Care Journal Conference. The theme of this conference is patient-ventilator interaction. Anyone who has ever cared for mechanically ventilated patients appreciates the challenges of patient ventilator asynchrony. Thus, the papers from this conference and their associated discussions should be most valuable. We are grateful to Scott Epstein and Rob Chatburn for their hard work chairing this conference. As usual, Sarah will read the abstracts and I will provide some commentary. Patient Ventilator Interaction, The Last 40 Years, is by Branson. Patient ventilator synchrony is a complex issue affected by ventilator performance, patient characteristics, and the patient ventilator interface. The history of patient ventilator interaction includes elimination of the issue via paralysis, the development of spontaneous breathing systems, microprocessor technology to maximize interaction, and closed-loop control. While most clinicians agree that patient ventilator synchrony is desirable, there remains no cause-and-effect data that asynchrony is associated with poor outcome. Without question, patient ventilator synchrony is a complex issue. Most clinicians would agree that patient ventilator synchrony is desirable and, in fact, a lot of effort at the bedside is directed towards achieving synchrony. However, as pointed out by Branson, there is a lack of data to suggest that asynchrony is associated with poor outcome. Next, we have the paper, How Often Does Patient Ventilator Asynchrony Occur and What Are the Consequences? by Epstein. Mechanical ventilation can be life-saving for patients with acute respiratory failure. Between the two extremes of complete and no ventilatory support, both patient and machine can contribute to ventilatory work. Ideally, ventilator gas delivery would perfectly match patient demand. This patient-ventilator interaction depends on how the ventilator responds to the patient respiratory effort and, in turn, how the patient responds to the breath delivered by the ventilator. It is now evident that the interaction between patient and ventilator is frequently suboptimal, and that patient-ventilator asynchrony is common, and its prevalence depends on numerous factors, including timing and duration of observation, technique used for detection, patient population, type of asynchrony, ventilation mode, and settings such as trigger, flow, and cycle criteria, and confounding factors such as state of wakefulness and sedation. Patient ventilator asynchrony is associated with adverse effects, including higher work of breathing, patient discomfort, increased need for sedation, clinician confusion during the weaning process, prolonged mechanical ventilation, longer stay, and possibly higher mortality. Whether asynchrony is a marker of poor prognosis or causes these adverse outcomes remains to be determined. As nicely described by Epstein, patient ventilator synchrony is associated with many adverse effects. But to follow up on the point made by Branson, 
Whether asynchrony is a marker of poor prognosis or causes these adverse outcomes remains to be determined. It is also interesting to note that patient-ventilator interaction depends not only on how the ventilator responds to patient effort, but also how the patient responds to the breath delivered by the ventilator. Our next paper is Triggering of the Ventilator in Patient-Ventilator Interactions by Sassoon. With current ventilator triggering design, in initiating ventilator breaths, patient effort is only a small fraction of the total effort expended to overcome the inspiratory load. Similarly, advances in ventilator pressure or flow delivery and inspiratory flow termination improve patient effort or inspiratory muscle work during mechanical ventilation. Yet, refinements in ventilator design do not necessarily allow optimal patient-ventilator interactions, as the clinician is key in managing patient factors and selecting appropriate ventilator factors to maintain patient-ventilator synchrony. In patient-ventilator interactions, unmatched patient flow demand by ventilator flow delivery results in flow asynchrony, whereas mismatches between ventilator inspiratory time and neural inspiratory time produce timing asynchrony. Wasted efforts are an example of timing asynchrony. In the triggering phase, trigger thresholds that are set too high or the type of triggering methods includes wasted efforts. Wasted efforts can be aggravated by respiratory muscle weakness or other conditions that reduce respiratory drive. In the post-triggering phase, respiratory factors play an important role in patient-ventilator interaction. This role includes the assistance level, set inspiratory flow rate, inspiratory time, pressurization rate, cycling off threshold, and, to some extent, applied PEEP. This article proposes an algorithm that clinicians can use to adjust ventilator settings with the goal to eliminate or reduce patients' wasted efforts. Triggering the ventilator is eloquently covered by Sassoon. Although there have been many refinements in ventilator technology over the past 20 years to improve triggering, this does not necessarily allow optimal patient-ventilator interactions. Failure of the patient to trigger often points to a problem in the patient rather than a problem with the ventilator. Failure to trigger can be the result of respiratory muscle weakness, reduced respiratory drive, or auto-peep. The clinical approach to failed trigger is often not related to ventilator trigger sensitivity, but rather to correction of the underlying pathophysiology, or in the case of auto-peep, by adding applied PEEP. Cycling of the mechanical ventilator breath is by Gentile. Patient-ventilator interaction is a key element in optimizing mechanical ventilation. The change from inspiration to expiration is a crucial point in the mechanically ventilated breath and is termed cycling. Patient ventilator asynchrony may occur if the flow at which the ventilator cycles to exhalation does not coincide with the termination of neural inspiration. Ideally, the ventilator terminates inspiratory flow in synchrony with the patient's neural timing, but frequently the ventilator terminates inspiration either early or late. 
Most current mechanical ventilators include adjustable cycling features that, when used in conjunction with waveform graphics, can enhance patient ventilator synchrony. In contrast to trigger, which refers to initiation of the inspiratory phase, cycle refers to the initiation of the expiratory phase. During pressure support ventilation, patient ventilator asynchrony may occur if the flow at which the ventilator cycles to exhalation does not coincide with the termination of neural inspiration. As described by Gentile, most current generation ventilators have embellishments to improve cycling during pressure support ventilation that, when used in conjunction with waveform graphics, can improve patient ventilator asynchrony. The most common of these is adjustable flow termination. Correct setting of the flow termination criteria during pressure support ventilation is usually determined by the skills of the respiratory therapist. Next is the paper by DeWitt, Monitoring of Patient Ventilator Interaction at the Bedside. Monitoring of patient ventilator interactions at the bedside involves evaluation of patient breathing pattern on ventilator settings. One goal of mechanical ventilation is to have ventilator-assisted breathing coincide with patient breathing. The objectives of this goal are to have the patient breath initiation result in ventilator triggering without undue patient effort, to match assisted breath delivery with patient inspiratory effort, and to have assisted breathing cease when the patient terminates inspiration, thus avoiding ventilator-assisted inspiration during patient exhalation. Asynchrony can occur throughout the respiratory cycle, and this manuscript describes common asynchronies. The types of asynchronies discussed are trigger asynchrony, flow asynchrony, and cycling asynchronies. Various waveforms are displayed and graphically demonstrate asynchronies. Monitoring of patient ventilator interactions at the bedside involves evaluation of patient breathing patterns. In current practice, this also involves evaluation of waveforms displayed on the ventilator. In this paper, waveforms are presented to nicely demonstrate various asynchronies. Patient Ventilator Interactions Optimizing Conventional Ventilation Modes is by McIntyre. Assisted breathing is generally preferred to control breaths in patients on mechanical ventilators. Assisted breaths allow the patient's respiratory muscles to be used and ventilatory muscle atrophy can be prevented. Moreover, the respiratory drive of the patient does not have to be aggressively blunted. However, interactive breaths need to be synchronized with the patient's efforts during the trigger, the flow delivery, and the cycling phases. Asynchrony during any of these can put an intolerable load on the respiratory muscles, leading to fatigue and the need for a high level of sedation or even paralysis. Current ventilation modes have a number of features that can monitor and enhance synchrony, including adjustments of the trigger variable, the use of pressure-targeted versus fixed-flow-targeted breaths, and manipulations of the cycle variable. Clinicians need to know how to use these ventilator modes and monitor them properly, especially understanding the airway pressure and flow graphics. 
The clinical challenge is synchronizing ventilator gas delivery with patient effort. Most of us use conventional ventilator modes primarily in our practice. McIntyre describes strategies to optimize patient ventilator interactions using these modes. Current generation ventilators have a number of features that can be used to not only detect asynchrony, but also to enhance synchrony. The ability to use these monitors and strategies to improve synchrony should be part of the armamentarium of any clinician caring for mechanically ventilated patients. Our final paper this month is Closed Loop Control of Mechanical Ventilation, Description and Classification of Targeting Schemes by Chatburn and Morellis Cabo de Vila. There has been a dramatic increase in the number and complexity of new ventilation modes over the last 30 years. The impetus for this has been the desire to improve the safety, efficacy, and synchrony of ventilator-patient interaction. Unfortunately, the proliferation of names for ventilation modes has made understanding mode capabilities problematic. New modes are generally based on increasingly sophisticated closed-loop control systems or targeting schemes. The authors describe the six basic targeting schemes used in commercially available ventilators today, setpoint, dual, servo, adaptive, optimal, and intelligent. These control systems are designed to serve the three primary goals of mechanical ventilation, safety, comfort, and liberation. The basic operations of these schemes may be understood by clinicians without any engineering background, and they provide the basis for understanding the wide variety of ventilation modes and their relative advantages for improving patient ventilator synchrony. Conversely, their descriptions may provide engineers with a means to better communicate to end users. No one would argue that there has been a dramatic increase in the number and complexity of new ventilator modes over the last 30 years. As correctly identified by Chatburn and Morales Capadevila, the proliferation of names for ventilator modes has made understanding mode capabilities problematic. I agree with the authors that new ventilator modes are designed to serve three primary goals of mechanical ventilation, safety, comfort, and liberation. Some of these modes were also designed specifically to address synchrony. Whether or not any of these modes improve patient outcomes, however, is unknown. To receive the contents of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.